It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Gotta be feeling good about what Mike White's done today. On third and four, he'll look to throw. In zone, no! Touchdown, Jets! Mike White, how about him? Elijah Moore, the 20, the 10, the 5, touchdown. Allen has time. Intercepted. Sauce Gardner's got it. Breaking away, Garrett Wilson. Wilson, a big play downfield. Wilson's still going along the sideline. He's not going to go down. Allen tripped up. He could not get past Jermaine Johnson. Oh, look at the speed of Brees Hall. He's done it again. Brees Lightning, 62 yards for the touchdown. Rodgers in trouble again, and he's sacked again by Quinn Williams. What a beast, number 95 for the Jets. Listen. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And it's time for midweek news and notes. So for that, we bring in our friend who's the co-founder over at jetsxfactor.com, a site where he is also the lead reporter and the leader of the Saboholics, Mr. Robbie Sabo. Robbie, what's up, brother? What's up, Scotty? Hey, uh, glorious day in Jets land yet again. It sure is for Zach Wilson, at least. A little bit closer to him getting back on the field. He was elevated over Joe Flacco today. This is something that I'm of two minds on, and you and I were discussing this before we started recording, Robbie. I've talked a little bit about this on Twitter. I feel like Zach Wilson was completely unplayable at the point in time when he was taken out of the Jets lineup and made inactive. As they said, he needed a complete reset. They had to work on his footwork, his body mechanics, The fact that he wasn't able to complete simple plays like a screen pass, he would run backwards 20 yards at the slightest hint of pressure. Those are the kind of things that makes you unplayable in an NFL game. And so even though Joe Flacco is terrible at this point in his career, and there's no debate about that, I still felt like he was probably the better of two terrible options if Wilson hadn't made at least some progress in the basic areas. I'm not expecting miracles. I'm not expecting Zach Wilson to come out and be awesome. I'm not expecting Zach Wilson to come out and quickly progress through his reads and look really sharp. All I expected from him, if he was going to be able to have a chance to get back on the field, meaning be active again, was for him to at least clean up the basic stuff, his footwork, his upper body mechanics, the ability to hit simple throws, and as I said, not bailing at even the first sniff of pressure, if he could at least clean those things up to an acceptable degree, then I would be okay with him being activated. If that's why this happened, then I'm totally fine with it because as we know, Joe Flacco offers the Jets nothing. If not, and this is a panic move, I don't love it because I think if he goes in there, if Mike White gets hurt, and with the rib situation, which we'll get into a little bit later, that certainly could happen if he ends up going into the game because White comes out and he faces a tough pass rush and they get to him or they force him out of the pocket and he starts making all the same mistakes again. I think it could set back any chance that he had of somehow salvaging his career as a quarterback in the NFL. But for now, we have to look on the bright side. The coaching staff is saying in public that Wilson has shown some strides over the last month after being deactivated. So let's hope they're telling the truth and this isn't just a panic move because of what they saw from Joe Flacco. Yeah, I think uh, your your greatest point there, and I agree, unplayable was definitely uh, an apt term there. But your greatest point is for Zach Wilson's potential future, you know, not hurting that. 
Uh, but what I'll say on this is this. Wilson is he's such a head case right now that when you're thinking about number one quarterback, QB1, I'm with you 100%. But QB2, in a situation like we saw in Buffalo where, you know, they're down two possessions, they really have nothing to lose, I think that's the type of situation where Zach Wilson could do damage, as crazy as it sounds. You know, the situation where all the pressure's on him and he, he has everything to lose, I don't want to see it. No way. But, you know, in a spot where – he could pull one out of the fire. You know, I'm okay with it. And Flacco, yeah, he's a statue back statue back there. I feel like it's the right move. But, you know, to your point, hopefully he is ready and he's, he's got the right mindset because it'll come down to that. Wilson himself spoke for the first time in a while today. He said that he benefited from the break. Quote, the biggest thing for me mentally was finding the fun in football. I love this game. It definitely wasn't lost, but I think you guys felt the frustration over some of those rough games. Would have liked to have heard him talk about what he's been working on, but that's okay. He was also asked whether he still thinks he's the future. This answer makes a lot of sense because he said exactly what he needed to say and nothing more, nothing less. Quote, yeah, I definitely believe in myself. Of course, I have all the confidence in the world. I think that's how it should be, but you got to be able to prove that. So, More or less stock answers from Zach Wilson, certainly better than him going off script in that terrible press conference in the game that ended up sealing his fate to be deactivated the last month. The the point when I'm going to feel good about Zach Wilson and his headspace is when we start to see his personality when he's speaking to the media. And when I say that, I don't mean, you know... the professional athlete's going to reveal his full personality, whether it's you know a jackass at heart or whether it's a jokester. You get the idea. A lot of guys do, but being a quarterback in New York, New Jersey, it's tough in this market. Wilson, he's just so machine-like, and it's still there. Hopefully, it's gradually going away. But I think that's a that's a big key. I just want to see the kid let his personality be revealed in a lot of these spots and uh, hopefully little by little we can get there. As far as injury news goes, Wilson getting elevated to number two behind Mike White takes on greater significance because of the fact that we saw what happened to Mike White against the Bills. Still surprised that he came back into the game, although Mike White himself said that there was, quote, never going to be a way that they were going to be able to keep him out of this game. You have to admire the kid's toughness. The Jets have said that they are preparing for him to start against the Lions Sunday. You hope that he's not too brave for his own good because they really do need him in this game. This is a do-or-die situation, and right now you can't trust Wilson or Flacco. Mike White is the only guy that the Jets have a quarterback who you would have any confidence in to give the Jets a chance to win, and so hopefully he can make it through that game without getting hurt for real this time and not being able to come back like he did against the Buffalo Bills. Quentin Williams, 50-50 shot, according to Robert Sala. I'm not sure if he's going to play. He did not practice today. He's going to try to do it, but if not, then he'll have to sit against the Detroit Lions. That is a really tough blow to the Jets because they're going to need all hands on deck for this game, especially with a Detroit Lions offense, which is rolling. Jared Goff is piping hot. The Lions are arguably the hottest team in the league right now, and the Jets are going to need 
all the help they can get especially on the defensive side of the ball, to stop that Lions offense. So if Quentin Williams can't go, that'll really hurt the Jets. should say, Robbie, by the way, to talk about Quentin Williams, I'll throw this in here as we're talking about him. He is now number one in the NFL in Pro Bowl voting for interior defensive linemen. He surpassed Chris Jones. Makes sense because, Robbie, as we were discussing before we started recording, Quentin Williams and Chris Jones have almost identical stats, But check this out. Quentin Williams has done it in so many fewer snaps. 292 to Chris Jones is 422. So it tells you how much more efficient Quentin Williams has been than any other interior defensive lineman. Just an absolute game wrecker for the Jets this year. The other injury is Corey Davis. He's in concussion protocol. They're saying they're optimistic that he's going to play. But as we've learned from the Jets so far this year, never take them at face value. Remember, earlier in the season, they said that they were optimistic that Corey Davis would play. He was going to be a game time decision. And then he ended up being out for like five weeks. So right now, the big injury situation looks like Mike White will go. Corey Davis, they think probably will go. And Quinn and Williams very much up in the air. Yeah, all things considered, you know, solid injury news right now. Mike White. Yeah, I keep thinking about that performance. I just, I, I dabble in superimposing faces in uh, certain videos, and I kept thinking Mike White's face on Bruce Willis's body in Die Hard. Uh, <laughs> someone listening to this who has those skills, pull that off for me, right? Because I just don't have the time. Um, that's one. Number two, Quinnen Williams. Unbelievable. Uh, the, the percentage of snaps compared to Chris Jones. I, listen, Chris Jones is a hell of a player. I even have him on a, on a fantasy team where we use IDPs, but I'm taking Quinn and Williams every day of the week. Um, I guess the only thing Chris Jones has on him is that 40-yard uh, dash, that great moment at the combine when he lost something out of his pants that one time. Uh, but, yeah, Quinnen, absolute beast this year, and it is a great news that it is not an ACL because it did not look good with that non-contact injury. Uh, so, all in all, you know, as – as long as they feel comfortable about Mike White uh, and his ribs coming into the game, they're, they're looking pretty good. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Quotes from Robert Sala this week. He talked about Elijah Moore, said that in recent weeks, Elijah has, quote, been the person we drafted. Sala said that Moore is finally playing free and loose with a carefree attitude. He's finally showing up at prizepicks.com and the prizepicks app in terms of player projections because for a while he was doing so little that you couldn't even pick him as one of your players. There were no player projections. Now you can go ahead and grab Elijah Moore. I suggest doing it because there's still putting low projections on him even after he has slowly but surely gotten better and better each week. Six catches, 60 yards this past week against the Buffalo Bills. Remember, when you play at prizepicks.com and the prizepicks app, you play against their prizepicks player projections. You don't play against anybody else. And if they beat their prizepicks player projection, you can win up to 25 times the amount of money that you put in. You pick two to six players. If they beat those prizepicks player projections, then boom, you are in the money. You don't even have to do football, though, if you don't want to. You can do baseball, basketball, hockey, whatever it is you want. It's there at prizepicks.com and the Prize Picks app. Just use the promo code PLAJ when you make your first deposit, and they will match your first deposit up to 100 bucks. So if you put in 100 bucks, they'll match you 100 bucks. Put in 50 bucks, they'll match you 50 bucks. Just go to prizepicks.com or the Prize Picks app. Just use the promo code PLAJ, and they will match your first deposit up to 
100 bucks. Other quotes from Robert Sala talked about Brandon Eccles. He will miss this game. Marcel Harris appears to likely be out for the season. Discussing the game against the Bills, Sala said Buffalo's a championship team. The Jets feel like they are also a championship team, but they need to figure out how to get to the next step. Sala talked about being from Dearborn, Michigan, grew up a Lions fan, said Barry Sanders was his favorite player and, quote, the best running back of all time. Got to disagree with Robert Sala on that one. I know it's a popular opinion. I think Barry Sanders is probably the most fun running back to watch of all time, but best running back of all time. Yes, he's on the short list, but I'm going with Jim Brown on that one. Just absolutely dominated the NFL in a way that no other running back did. He was like a man amongst boys out there when he was playing for the Cleveland Browns. I won't get too mad at people that claim Barry Sanders, but to me, it's Jim Brown by a country mile. Yeah, Barry, he was my, uh, based on my age, he was my first favorite player growing up. You know, playing running back and Pop Warner, you know how you got those, everyone was a superstar when you got your picture taken and it was like this youth player card, it's Pop Warner, you have your favorite player on the back, all your stats, Barry Sanders is on the back for me. Barry, you can put him in the top three if you want, but you can't touch Jim Brown. Jim Brown, to me, Jim Brown, Lawrence Taylor, and Tom Brady are the three best, and Jerry Rice, you could throw Jerry Rice in there as well, um, four best of all time, and uh, Barry can't touch Jim Brown. A lot of praise for Quinn and Williams from all over the place this week. Salah called Quinn and Williams one of the best players in football. Williams teammate Carl Lawson said that Quinn and Williams' dominance is insane. Called him, quote, a crazy chess piece because of his ability to completely control the interior. There's no question about it, Robbie. We've seen this time and time again. We saw glimpses of it every year of his career, but the consistency wasn't quite there. I think part of the reason for that is because sometimes he was playing with high ankle sprains. That happened quite a bit. There were other times where he was in that rotation and wasn't being deployed as much as he probably should have as an attacker. Greg Williams used to like to use him to stunt a lot, which drove me crazy. But now he's finally found his groove. He is every bit the player the Jets thought they were getting when they drafted him at number three overall. And he dominates all aspects of the game. He's a game wrecker in the run game. He's a game wrecker with the quarterbacks. He can get around double, triple teams. There's nothing he can't do out there as dominant a player as the Jets have had on defense probably since Darrell Revis. Yeah, it finally happens. I mean, everyone thought it was going to happen. And, you know, it really didn't. And some people were getting a little worried. But it happens. Big Q is elite. He's one of those, one of the few elite IDLs in the league, interior defensive linemen. And, you know, I'm glad he's got the numbers, the sack totals to go with it because a lot of casuals just look at the sack numbers, but he's well beyond just the sack numbers. Um, I think part of the, the struggles, like you said, to your point, Greg Williams, it was a different scheme. You know, Greg Williams used him in a lot of different ways as opposed to what Salah does now. Yeah, Greg Williams stunted with him a lot, gamed him up front, but Salah's smarter with it. He, he games them on passing situations where the edges could pin their ears back and play games up front, but he does it in a way where he tries to get Q isolated in a one-on-one against a guard or center. So he's really coming. He fits this 4-3 scheme like a glove, whether it's the three-tech or the two-eye. He could do both, and uh, he's one of the few studs. Jets have a good one. 
Speaking of studs on defense, Robbie, Sauce Gartner. Every week, this guy gets better and better. He was up against Justin Jefferson two weeks ago in Minnesota. He gave up two catches for 14 yards on 11 targets. And looking back at what happened in Buffalo this past Sunday, even crazier. 25 times he went up against Stefan Diggs or Gabe Davis. One catch for six yards. That was the only target, by the way. It's incredible how good this kid is. He is number two overall in the Pro Bowl voting at cornerback. Tariq Woolen of the Seahawks is number one, which is kind of wild. Sauce Gardner is significantly better than Tariq Woolen, who, by the way, has had an outstanding rookie year. And any other year, I would say that he should probably be the odds-on favorite to win rookie of the year, but he's just not Sauce Gardner. And one thing I do want to talk about a little bit when it comes to Sauce, too, is there are a lot of people... And unfortunately, this happens more so with the Jets than any other team, it feels like to me, just because the Jets are an easy target, that will post clips of Sauce Gardner and say, yeah, he's elite, pass interference, that's what he's elite at, he gets away with everything, these no calls, it's like a conspiracy by the referees in the NFL. There's no conspiracy from the referees or the NFL, it's just that these people don't know what defensive pass interference is. The play against John Brown on Sunday in Buffalo was not pass interference. Face guarding is not an actual thing. It doesn't exist. It's not pass interference, whatever it is you think face guarding is. And so I'm really tired of seeing this over and over again. I wish people knew better, but unfortunately they don't. So people need to learn what defensive pass interference is, Robbie. But in the meantime, while they're trying to figure it out, we are watching absolutely elite play from Sauce Gardner against Justin Jefferson, against Gabe Davis, against Stefan Diggs. How many cornerbacks in the NFL could do what Sauce did to those three guys the last two weeks? My answer is maybe not anybody else but him. It's funny. Face guarding is one of those terms that has gotten passed down through the generations, starting with your, uh, you know, curmudgeon of an uncle you happen to see on Sundays every now and then oh he's pointing at the screen face guarding folks it doesn't matter where your eyes are you know your eyes could be looking at the floor as long as there's no contacts no such thing uh sauce he's an alien not only is is he an alien with his athleticism but he's an alien in terms of you know a technician he knows how to get away and not get away with but He knows where the lines are. He knows contact is allowed, and contact is allowed. But impeding the offensive player is what is not allowed. So he plays things in a a technical way that is not interference unless you're the casual who's viewing it in a way where you think contact automatically equals interference. So he's got it all. And to me, he's a first-team All-Pro if the season ended today. Rarely happens for rookie defenders. We saw Parsons last year, and I think Sauce is is right there. He's that good. Jonathan Marshall poached from the Jets practice squad by the Pittsburgh Steelers. As you and I have talked about a couple of times, this was due to happen because the Jets had some talented players on their practice squad, especially on the defensive line because they're so loaded there. Jonathan Marshall, a player with a lot of potential. He did very well his last season in college and tested off the charts athletically. I was surprised he went as late as he did in the draft, but unfortunately the Jets just have too many players capable of playing good football at that position, so he got lost in the shuffle. 
His loss is the Steelers' gain. I think if he gets some playing time, he'll be pretty good. This is one of those embarrassment of riches things where you're sad that the Jets are losing a young player with promise, but at the same time, it's a good sign because it means that the Jets are so fully stocked that a guy like that can end up being poached off a practice squad. Like you said, it was bound to happen, and I'm actually shocked it hadn't happened earlier. Uh, Their practice squad is loaded, and they got a lot of guys they drafted, like Hamsa. Uh, Jonathan Marshall, uh, the list continues. So, you know, I forget what the exact rule is. The Steelers have to keep him on the 53-man active roster. I think for the rest of the season, I forget what the exact rule is, but I I anticipate that happening. Um, You know, if you poach a guy from a practice squad, your plans are to keep him on the active roster. So good for Marshall uh, to get that contract and uh, bound to happen. They've done a good job in maintaining relationships with their practice squad guys. That's another thing. You have to have good relationships with your players. So uh, kudos to Joe Douglas in that regard. Robbie, as we know, the Jets' playoff chances took a huge hit on Sunday after that loss to the Buffalo Bills. According to ESPN Analytics, they are now just a 26.9% chance to make the playoffs. I believe Steve Kornacki of NBC was a little bit more bullish. He had them at 48%. This is going to be a tough road. The Lions game on Sunday is a must win. And right now, as I said, the Lions are piping hot led by Jared Goff. What an interesting story he is. He was completely written off, not good enough to play for the Rams. Look at how they upgraded. They got Stafford, won a Super Bowl. He was 100% just the product of Sean McVay's play calling. Guess what? Take a look at Jared Goff now with the Detroit Lions, and he's still relatively young, by the way. 117 of 169 over the past five games, 69.2% completion percentage, 1,311 passing yards, Eight touchdowns, zero interceptions, a 75 total QBR. The Lions are 4-1 in those games and a top five offense in both total yards and points per game this season, not just the last five games. So the Lions are finally starting to come into their own, a very dangerous opponent for the New York Jets. It just makes their road even tougher that the Lions are playing well because if you looked at this a couple of weeks ago, you would have said, okay, Jets have some soft games coming up at home against the Lions and the Jaguars. Well, don't look now, but you could make a case that Trevor Lawrence has been the best quarterback in the NFL over the second half of the season. He's number one in passer rating and number two in completion percentage in the second half of the season. Just been sizzling hot. I know he had a little bit of a down game against the Lions. Wasn't even that bad. They just gave up 40 points. He wasn't electrifying in that game, but he wasn't terrible. If that's the worst you're going to do, I've seen far worse performances. Of course, Robbie, as Jets fans, we've seen many, many worse performances than what Trevor Lawrence did a couple of weeks ago against the Detroit Lions. But these two games that at one point you would have thought would be the easy games in the schedule have now gotten much, much tougher. And between those and the two road games against two teams that are fighting for playoff spots, the Seahawks and the Dolphins, this is going to be very tough. They probably have to win at least three out of four. That's why ESPN has their chances so low. Like I said, Kornacki has them just below 50%. That feels right to me. I don't know how you would figure these out. These algorithms are weird. It feels more like a just below 50% type of situation to me, but ESPN obviously has them at much lower than that. So they have got to buckle down over the next four games, likely have to win both home games and at least one of the two road games. Obviously, if you're going to pick one of them to win, it would be that Dolphins game because 
that would be a double whammy. You'd be beating the Dolphins, and so that would prop you up and push the Dolphins down. But they've got the Dolphins ahead of them right now. They've got the Patriots ahead of them right now. They've got the Chargers ahead of them right now. The Chargers have a very easy schedule down the stretch. So it's least likely that they will fall. The Patriots and Dolphins, the Jets are going to need some help from the Bills, and they're going to need to take matters into their own hands. Not just winning these two home games, Robbie, but also going on the road and taking care of business that final week against the Miami Dolphins. But that won't even matter if they don't get past Detroit this Sunday and Jacksonville on Thursday night. I'll tell you what, I was one of those people who completely wrote off Jared Goff, you know, I've been proven wrong on this guy. He mm-hmm. has been great all season. I thought McVay was the true genius there, and he is. But he did a hell of a job developing golf because, man, oh, man, has he been great this year. When Jamison Williams coming back, uh, watch out. Um, a little different on the road with them, but you're right. The Jets, this is the time. They got to win the next two. And if they win the next two, those percentages will shoot up. I agree. I, I would say a little under 50%. Uh, I'm there with you. I don't know how they get, uh, what was it, 26? Mm -hmm. I don't know how they get that, but next two, next two are the season. Got to get the next two. It really is remarkable with Jared Goff, Robbie. You are correct. Going into this year, you thought he was going to be nothing but a placeholder. Now, I think there's a pretty good chance he either gets franchise tagged or signed to a long-term contract. Remarkable turnaround. You just have to hope as a Jets fan that he falls back closer to the guy that everybody thought was going to be a placeholder than to what he's been the last five games where he's been one of the hottest quarterbacks in the NFL. Robbie Sabo, co-founder and lead reporter over at JetsXFactor.com. Thanks so much for coming on and going through the midweek news and notes with me. Really appreciate it. Over at JetsXFactor right now, if you subscribe, you get an autographed photo from a very popular wide receiver that used to play for the Jets. I believe he wore number 80. Yeah, Mr. Uh, the, Gar- the Mayor of Garfield. Uh, Wayne Corbett <laughs> JetsXFactor.com Go check it out and uh, use discount code 80 Use discount code 80 And make sure you watch my friend Joe Blue It's 11 hour 55 minute film reviews They're long but they're spectacular So watch those and subscribe over at JetsXFactor Check out everything we've got going over at PlayLikeAJet.com And the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel Some awesome written content Haley English has joined the team She's doing some fantastic stuff with the stats Tommy Griffincrantz, Charmin Phillip They're all writing great stuff PlayLikeAJet.com Luke Grant The Thunder From Down Under Fantastic videos From the All 22 Up on our channel YouTube.com Slash PlayLikeAJet So watch our videos And subscribe If you haven't already Visit our store TeePublic.com That's T-E-E-Public.com We've got the John Franklin Myers Quentin Williams Bless You Thank You shirt The PlayLikeAJet logo shirt Caps, mugs, hoodies It's all there TeePublic.com That's T-E-E-Public.com And be sure to give us A five star review For the podcast on iTunes If you haven't done that already Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and PlayLikeAJet.com.